You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, sexymarriage.net. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Well, now officially welcome to Sexy Marriage Radio and happy Halloween on the day this is airing. So that makes me wonder... I want to run a poll real quick. So feedback at sexymarriageradio.com to answer or 214-702-9565. At what age do your kids stop trick-or-treating? Oh, yeah. That's that's funny because we would so love to stay home. That's been our question to our friends of, yeah, okay, your, friend, your kid's in middle school and still going trick-or-treating because... We need some support. We need to rally some support here to get those kids to force them to stay home. It's time to time to move on from childish things. <laughs> it's fun though. There's so many people that love it. Oh my goodness! There's so many people in our neighborhood that decorate for Halloween. Oh, absolutely! The orange lights and all this stuff up. Uh, you know. Well, speaking of trick or treating, sexy marriage radio and sex in marriage can some, sometimes be a trick or a treat. It can be. You can do some spicy things, and that's what we're spices. talking about. Every Wednesday, where we have straightforward, honest conversations, and we love to hear from the Sexy Merge Nation because they help frame the conversation. And the way they do so is in the aforementioned uh, ways we want to hear from them, which is 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymergeradio.com, where they ask questions, we answer them, um, we go deeper in the extended content. And where we're going today, I'm, I'm really intrigued because I think this... This actually, this episode should have been uh, sponsored by the Sexy Marriage and the Husband Mastermind groups that I run. Why is that? Because what we're going to be talking about fits right into uh, the world of being a better husband, being a man, uh, being a better lover, leader, uh, setting the tone, what have you. All right. I look forward to it. <laughs> well, I look forward to I, it too. I like having a better lover. So. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Oh, oh. He's, he's calling the show quits now. Yes, he's ready my, to move if on. My wife, okay. uh, alongside my wife Pam, joining me. But coming up on today's regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is our free version and always be free. Uh, lots of your questions, uh, our answers, and a conversation with uh, fellow members of the Sexy Marriage Nation, which yeah. was a fun, a yeah. fun dialogue. Can, yeah. And on the extended version, which is uh, deeper and about twice as long, we're going to go into a deep dive into the world of alpha and beta traits okay, as it pertains to men. Okay. So all that's coming up. Looking forward to it. Hey, Corey, I was listening to a podcast called Healing Broken Trust with Brad and Morgan Robinson. They were talking about the uh, negative and positive cycles of conversation that take place in a marriage. And I know that that uh, is supposedly true with what they have studied, but is that same thing true with regards to the physical sexual relationship where um, if things don't seem like they're great on the normal daily life, um, is there a way that we can break that cycle so that it doesn't adversely impact us in the more fun aspects of our marriage? I appreciate it. Well, we could sum this up 
um, fairly succinctly, I think, because one of the mantras of Sexy Marriage Radio for the seven years this has been in existence is two things come to mind. One, how you do sex is how you do life, and how you'll do life is how you'll do sex. Mm-hmm. And then the other is everything is communication. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure what he's referring to because the podcast he was referring to uh, that he heard, I'm not familiar with. And so I'm not sure where the hosts are going with the positive and negative components of conversation and communication. But I do see the correlation between how difficult it can be in a marriage when there's a lot of negative connection going on to spin that to the fun erotic emotional depth connection that sex can often have right yes and when that's going on what the two just intertwine i mean you're not gonna have the quote use the term fun here go out and have fun and sex that doesn't have some sort of, you're not going to just forget whatever negative things you had going on in the other areas of your marriage. Right. It's, they hard, intertwine. To com- it's hard to compartmentalize that in marriage. Thus, the how you do sex is how you do life, right? right? It, they, it all mixes together. Right. But, uh, but typically speaking on how they do intertwine and you can break the negative cycles, which is what I'm hearing him ask, a lot of that is it, it comes down to intentionality. It, come to, it comes down to purposefulness. And then it comes down to, so it's like you've got this cycle going on. So you've got a dynamic going on between us, let's say. And we've gotten caught in the world of chauffeur and kids' schedules and work, headaches and bills and projects at the house and upcoming holidays and all the stressors. And so we both are in our own worlds trying to deal with that. So that can be a negative cycle. So to break it, it means one of us has to be willing to instigate a different dynamic. But the caveat I would add is typically that's not something that just breaks it to where now all of a sudden we are well connected, right? It's, it's one of those, I have to break the cycle and then maybe give my wife time to handle herself and to regain her composure and her chance to examine and confront herself. Mm -hmm. And then maybe she responds a little bit later. And now the cycle has been broken. Yeah. It's not instantaneous. Not usually because how often do we have that kind of self-awareness and willingness to say, you're right. We have been really disconnected and all the stuff I've been harboring about you and that I'm resentful about has now just gone away instantaneously. Yeah. Yeah. That's not life. That's not for real. No. So typically it's a I'm going to break this. I'm going to attempt to break the cycle. And then you need to address whatever the unfinished, chronic tension, whatever it is that's going on, it might need to be at least addressed. And then oftentimes when the elephant in the room is named, now we both can collaborate better to try to attack it. Hello. My question is whether or not a marriage can be saved if one party is not sexually attracted to the other. Um, We have been married for a little over a year now. But it seems like we've managed to grow far apart in that time. We've been doing all the typical things people advise you to do when this happens, such as doing a devotional together daily, going to church together, and having a weekly date night. But doesn't seem to be helping in the sexual arena. Um, I am calling as a lower or even no desire partner. I just don't feel that sexual attraction to my husband. 
like I always dreamed I I would. I feel a lot of guilt surrounding this, and I've done a lot of research on my own about how to fix it, done hormonal panels and all that sort of thing. Um, and even though it's rare, and when I am in the mood, maybe once or twice a month, I'll be um, in the mood to do it, but not to do it with my husband. At least not without a lot of alcohol, which we've used as a Band-Aid before, and we feel closer and the next day or two, but then things very quickly go back to normal. Um, I just feel we need some extra help and direction at this point because we don't believe in divorce and we don't know where to go from here. How long were you together before you got married? About um, about a year. Year well before we got married. Oh, like all almost almost two years. Yeah, I guess. So. Okay, I've I've considered dating and then officially engaging and. Right. Oh yes, I'm sorry. Like it was like dating for a year and then like a ten month engagement and then about a year and a half of marriage. Yeah. So going on around three years in, in total together. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what was it that attracted you in the beginning, Jasmine? Just because you're the one that's you're the one that spoke up. Yes. Saying, "Hey, something something's missing." Something's off. What was it? What was it in the beginning? Uh, probably stability. Okay. He he had been probably the most mature man I'd met uh, out of all my boyfriends before. Okay. Um, all of them were just kind of in mature relationships, so it was different. I could see a future with him. Okay, but was there more than that? Yeah, we'd have fun together when we went out. So I didn't really think about anything else. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I like him. He's fun. And, you know, he'd be a great husband. Okay. So when did you start noticing um, that the, there's, there's, there's more to this, but it's not, you're not feeling it? Um, a little bit after we got married, um, maybe a, a month or so after we got married. Um, things started changing. Okay. Changing how? Um, just, I didn't feel that connection anymore. Um, I felt like we started drifting apart really fast. Um, we were stressed out also, and that didn't help. Stressed out over? Money. Okay. Because now all of a sudden it got real? Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And okay. yeah, now we can actually try and survive and pay bills. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, John, where where were you in all of this then? What's what's your what's your path? Um. So, go, you want me to kind of start back in dating? I guess. However, or, wherever you want to go with it. I mean, I've always felt very attracted to, uh, attracted to Jasmine. This whole our whole entire relationship, and um. I I definitely felt as soon as we were married, like we barely even got back from the honeymoon before things started cooling off. And then it's pretty much stayed that way our entire marriage. Okay. Um, for me, um, I enjoy a lot of aspects of relationship, but just in general, I am very much a, t- a touchy-feely person. I really need physical affection. And that's not always just, you know, having sex or something that's just general 
intimacy is something I crave and need to feel like I'm in a good, good relationship. Okay. And int- intimacy in the form of physical touch is what you're describing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's, there's a longing to be hands-on, whether that's yes. sexual or not. Yeah, totally doesn't have to be sexual. Hmm. Although, would you lean towards you would prefer it? I really would love to have both. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right. So um, let's look at some of the environmental factors because this is, this is one of the things that you guys have gone through some counseling before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With this, what anything was uncovered from that that was helpful? Anything that felt lacking? A, a few basic things I think were uncovered. Um, one of the main ones that sticks out to me is um, the therapist had told us that he was kind of walking around on eggshells around me, um, like he couldn't really tell me everything because he was trying to keep me from getting mad. Um, so that was one of the things. Um, I don't know. What else? Um, a lot. So in from from my point of view, a lot of the counseling that we did, um, we, we, we've done it for quite a while, probably about eight months we were doing it. And it seemed like the general feel of it was kind of based around if we wanted to help her have more of a drive for intimacy than most of the changes were coming from my end. Mm. So it was a long time of me like learning to be a better communicator, learning to watch what I say so that I'm not communicating a message I don't mean. And a lot of that stuff was, I think really positive for me to grow into a better husband and, and, you know, grow as a person too. But it it did feel a bit one-sided, but I was like, Oh, right. Like if I'm the one that's got to change everything, if it's my fault, then cool. Like, let's do it. Okay. But it seemed like after a lot of changes that nothing has improved. Mm-hmm. And I think that we've improved the things we were asked to. Okay. If you would agree. Yeah. Yeah. I do. So agree. I don't know where the, um, but it hasn't really ignited a fire or no, a spark not. in Jasmine. <laughs> I see it this way. Like before I was mad and annoyed at him all the time. Now I just feel kind of neutral. <laughs> okay. He's not angry about certain things. Okay. That's, I guess. Okay. Um, and so Jasmine, I'm, I'm guessing this is, um, you guys have had some pretty frank conversations about yeah. this, that you've been both been pretty upfront Mm-hmm. Even when yeah. that can be hurtful and and disappointing and frustrating for both of you, mm-hmm. because you're mm-hmm. describing something you're wishing and longing for, which is exactly what John's wanting, but mm-hmm. it's like both of you are caught in this lurch. Then, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely want to have this intimacy and that sort of sexual relationship too with my husband. I mean, I never dreamed of getting married and then not having. A sex life, right? Okay, and let's let's clarify one thing just real quick from my viewpoint. That mm-hmm. um, the way you guys are coming about this and trying to be honest about it, that's actually intimacy. Okay. You're really sharing what each of you feel. Mm-hmm. You can't get much more intimate than that because sometimes intimacy is going to be really, really uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> you know, it's going to be, I don't want to know that, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I do want to know that because it's impacting me and us. Mm-hmm. 
But what I'm hearing from your voicemail and the emails that we've kind of gone back and forth with and in this conversation, I'm hearing there's lack of a little bit of a uh, sexual chemistry, sexual allure, a spark. That's what's missing. Right. Yeah, I guess that's... And a lot of times, intimacy can be a pathway to that. Mm-hmm. But it's that's not always seamless. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is something that you you've had this before in your life, right, Jasmine? It's I mean, uh, it, how do you mean? You've been a sexually sexual? you've been you've had a sexual oh, connection or chemistry yeah. with people before. Yes. Or yeah. or a dry a drive or a desire you had it with you had it with John at some point. Yeah. At some point, yeah. I, back in, in the earlier stages. How long did it last? A year Until and a we half. got married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Until we got married, yeah. Okay. Okay. And so some of this can be chalked up to the chemicals that shift in our brain after love goes on for a long time. Because mm-hmm. is this the longest relationship either one of you have been in? Yes. yes. Okay. So this is uncharted waters for both of you, mm-hmm. right? To where now you're having to navigate, I'm beyond infatuation and lust, and, right. I'm, and I'm in real life, where yeah. I realize married life is about fighting about socks and toothpaste tubes and caps and toilet paper rolls right. and little stupid things Hallmark never talked about. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> okay. So some of this is a, all right, now I'm getting the, the veil lifted behind the curtain to see what this really is. But if there's still something missing, all right, there's some work that can still be done. And maybe you guys were on the path towards this with, okay, John, there's some things you could be doing to help make a opportunity, but it sounded more like this was also, how do you just kind of keep her, keep in your good, in the good graces of Jasmine more than, more than draw her to you. Yeah, that sounds accurate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, okay. I'm not going to badmouth another therapist, but I'm badmouthing another therapist. Um, right. <laughs> that I can understand it because you do want to, you, you want to, you know, smooth some waters a little, but there's also an air of confidence and separateness is usually what draws us to somebody. Right. A swagger. If you will, if you go, if you go man talk, you know, there's just, there's just kind of a swagger to us that that can be what's alluring. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Right. That there's, and, and that's where, so let me kind of shift back to the environmental. Cause you said stress and, and life kicked in after wedding and honeymoon. Mm-hmm. So how much impact does your schedule have on this issue? A lot. <laughs> How so? For example, we have uh, very different sleeping schedules. Um, so he'll go to sleep a few hours after I did. And I generally wake up around the same time or, or earlier than he does. So if I did wake up a little earlier, I'm done relaxing by the time he's up. And then I'm not home you know, until late. So I don't really get to see each other. And if we do, he works from home. So he's working and his business partner is here a few days a week too. So okay. they're just kind of operating um, the whole time. Okay. Yeah. 
I do work seven days a week right now, which is just kind of the place I'm at in life. I'm starting one company and working in another and it's, it's okay. kind of, a, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, for sure schedule and, and being able to pay bills and take care of money and things like that is, is a factor in just being able to take a breath and spend time together. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. We try to do a date night once a week, um, but it takes us a few hours to kind of wind down enough to even be able to enjoy each other's company. We're actually kind of annoyed at each other. I think the first few hours of date night every <laughs> really, there's, yeah. What's what's annoying? Everything. We're just so wound up. I feel like. We can't like get into a groove, like into a conversation. Yeah, I, I don't think it's anything ac- like an actual thing. It's just yeah. like the letting go of the stress, re- you know, calming down, getting into the mode of like now we're spending time together. So it's yeah. each of you's. It, it, it's each of you guys's basic level of anxiety, tension, angst, speed, everything that could have something to do with your spouse, but also doesn't. Yeah. yeah so hard, it's hard transitioning to. How do I just enjoy time for myself? Yeah. Okay. So how do you, do you guys look to each other to try to help make that happen? Or is that an individual, every man for himself role? Uh, the spending time together? To No, the transitioning into the time together. Oh. Um, I mean, Jasmine, do you think of like when it comes time for date night, are you expecting John to help you ease into that? And then vice versa is the same kind of question. John, do you expect Jasmine to help you kind of ease into that or is that kind of on your own shoulders no i kind of i I think we take it on ourselves um i i usually try if we're going out i'll try and uh and have some fun myself listening to music while i get ready um that kind of helps me a little bit but sometimes especially lately we've been so busy that we're kind of rushing through errands in the morning and then try to like get ready by a certain time so that we can have a date night um, so that's been happening recently. So I just feel like we, I guess we try on our own. Yeah. I mean, I think we both try, we both know what's important and we try to get in the headspace to be able to spend time together and enjoy each other's company. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually we can get there by the end of a date night. Some, you know, there's some date nights where we just kind of go through and it, it, there wasn't a lot of connection. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of and talking about our our animals instead like couples with kids but we just talk about what our dog did that day okay well there's nothing wrong with that because that's part of the family right (laughs) okay so what is it john what is it that draws you to jasmine i am attracted to her her brightness and happiness and that she also shares some common interests with me in, in like fitness and health. And I just find her physically very attractive. And I would say those are probably some, some of the biggest things that, that draw me towards her. Okay. And then, Jasmine, I mean, if you can answer it currently, do. But if not, what was it initially that draws you to to John? Yeah, I did also really like that. I would see him at the gym all the time. Um, health and fitness has been a priority in my life. Because um, I realized that if I'm not on top of it, I'm not the best version of myself. And it's, I've seen it in the long run, what happens if you're not. Mm-hmm. So um, I really admire that about him. 
um, the discipline that he has in that in that area. And is that still going on, John? Yeah. Okay. So that's that's still a priority. Yep. We try to make it. It's harder to get there, but but I do think we still make it a priority. Do you let her know when you go to the gym, John? When I'm going to go to the gym? Yeah. Um, sometimes I will. Some and occasionally we go together, but a lot of times our um, schedules are so hectic that we kind of end up just fitting it in wherever we can. And sure. Sometimes I'll rush out and go, and I and I don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm just curious. I'm going to take a flyer here. What do you suppose could happen if, since fitness in 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 your presence makes is an appeal, has been an appeal for Jasmine. What if you use some of that terminology as initiation, as foreplay, as pings towards her? Uh, but it's not necessarily an overt, hey, I want you now. It's more of a, hey, I'm taking care of myself better and I wanted to make sure you knew. Um, we talk about it a lot. We do talk about our, our goals a lot. And he tells me what he accomplished that workout or um, you know, how his body fat went up or down or muscle mass. And I mean, we're, we talk about that stuff often. Okay. Um, but another, a, a problem I see with that is that that is my job right now. I work at a gym. Okay. So I talk about people's body fat percentages and workout plans all day. And I don't think I want to well, do that. I, yeah. And I don't, I don't, this is not a long, most of, I mean, you guys know full well, cause you've been in this long enough now that sexual chemistry is not just something I can create. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a, it's not a switch. I flip. It's more a, I try this and I see it's a, it's a slight injection of something. It's a moment. Most of the sexual chemistry stuff is not long drawn out conversations. Mm-hmm. If I'm in my brain too much, I don't usually have my loins going well. That's very true. <laughs> right. Yeah. It doesn't typically yeah. get you wet or hard. <laughs> it's right. just, it's just, it's an intellectual conversation. Never. Yeah. Something could transition to it. That's a possibility. But what, what really will often spark something is a man, you should see me now after this workout, just a just a statement of kind of, I'm trying to draw you towards me with something I know that is of value to you. Okay. You know what I mean? And that's, that's a subtle, that's all, that's a little swagger, John. That's a little kind of a, Hey, this is me. So if I'm hearing you right, maybe we've been going a bit down the path of try not to rock the boat and make her upset when in reality, maybe some more focus should be on how to draw her in. Absolutely. And I like the rock the boat analogy because sometimes you got to rock the boat. If that's what you're wanting to do is rock the boat eventually. Right. See what, I, see what I did there. Okay. <laughs> but, but it, but that's the, the point is I can't just play nice quote unquote when I'm talking about sexual chemistry of things, because there has to be an edge. My, I, I, tell me if I'm wrong. If Jasmine, if what drew you in to stay with John was the stability there's something about the other guys that you have in your history or in your life where there was a chemistry that they had an edge to them that wasn't stable. They, they were <laughs> the furthest from stable. Okay. 
So, and I'm not saying, John, how do you get unstable, you know, unstable to try to woo her? Don't do that. that don't, don't take away your biggest strength. But how do you find a little edge to you that has a little bit of that rawness, that testosterone-laced kind of statements, the blurting kind of stuff, that it could rock the boat. But I, I view it as if you are instigating something that's in line with who you want to be and what you want to share, and it's really you, it's not out of character, it's you, then rock the boat, but make rocking the boat worth it. Okay. You know, it's that whole, you don't agree on something. And maybe you have this, oh, I don't want to make her mad because if I make her mad, we're, we're definitely not having sex. That's not going to turn her on. I'm of the opinion that there are times where making my wife, I'll, I'll personalize it. There are times when making my wife mad by taking a stance on something that she doesn't agree with actually does become a turn on because mm-hmm. it's something solid and stable and consistent and can draw her to that. Yeah, it's very easy to just give me my way. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm dude, guilty of that. Say, say again? I, I'm guilty of that for sure. Okay. Well, that can be some of the issue going on. I'm curious on what might happen. if, And this isn't just make a stand just for the sake of making a stand. <laughs> you know, this is, this is, no, hold on. Maybe I need to not nice it up so much. And start to be decisive on some things. Start to be intentional on some things. When you guys do date night, um, Jasmine, tell me how this hits how this hits you. So you got something planned. You know, it's like you're looking at the calendar and you figured out how you could squeeze three hours in on some night coming up. And I'm assuming you guys would probably collaborate and plan and figure out, okay, how are we going to make this work? When can you go? When can I go? And it's all this tyranny of the lowest common denominator kind of a thing. Right. Okay. Because I understand it. You're, it's busy. Mm-hmm. But John, if if John were to stand up and say, hey, I looked at the calendar. We got three hours Friday night. You better be dressed, looking hot and ready to go at seven. <laughs> and that's it. That's all he says. And then you got a plan of here's how it's going to unfold. I'm, I'm, look, I'm reading your face. You kind of like where this is going a little bit, right? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, <laughs> because it's like I'm taking charge. I'm setting a tone. And mm-hmm. if you want sexual chemistry, that's one of the best ways to find it. And if it still doesn't occur with that, we need to keep talking off the air. Right. Yeah. Okay. But but it, sometimes some subtleties and just each of you trying to refine yourselves actually helps charge that tension between you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? I think it makes sense to me. I like the idea. I'm excited to try it. Okay. Yeah, I would. I would just say, John, keep this mo- keep this in your mind. This is about swagger. <laughs> That's kind of what it is. I'm kind of reading you. It's, all right, you can that 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 jives with you. Yeah, okay. I get it. Yeah. And then you see if that starts to spark something. Yep. Okay. Well, well done, guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your time. <laughs> And we're going to leave it at that. You got anything else to add, Pam? I don't. Everybody have a great Halloween. <laughs> Trick or Hope treat. Hope it's a great day for you. Have some, have some festivities out there. Eat a little chocolate and enjoy it. 
Eat whatever your favorite candy is. And Absolutely. Have a great day. Check all of them first before your kids eat them. I mean, that's just general safety. <laughs> and speaking of trick-or-treating, uh, if you're here in the States listening to this, uh, get out and vote. Yes. Because we don't want tricks or treats <laughs> when it comes Not- to voting. Everybody be a part of the process. Everybody go do it, please. <laughs> this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for taking time out of your day to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.